Switchmania Playcast. Welcome to the Switchmania Playcast, episode 11. Nintendo Wednesday. Nintendo Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, Take two, Nintendo Wednesday, because I was literally recording for like a couple minutes, and uh, <laughs> JP's side wasn't picking up, so we aren't using it. Oh, man. <laughs> all, we, uh, all we jumped into, that was a little bit of... Um, a little bit of housekeeping, and we were talking about um, Tenebrasm, uh, talking about how with the thumbsticks mm-hmm. on the Nintendo Switch Lite, and he essentially broke three Joy-Cons in the last two years. Whoa. Probably too much force. And basically, he's afraid that if he does it again with the light version, that he won't be able to swap it out easily. And mm-hmm. my question to JP, of course, was how many controllers over the years have you broken with like analog sticks and then i mentioned in my case i haven't even broken like a nintendo 64 like analog sticks so it's it's pretty crazy thinking about like breaking three on the joy cons yeah i i didn't have i mean i've never broken anything with the the thumbstick before and you know i was mentioning that I had the drifting issue with my left Joy-Con, and I noticed it when I was playing Rocket League, and all of a sudden, I go for the ball, and my car's just darting to the left. So I replaced that, but other than that, I've never had an issue with any piece of the Joy-Con yeah. on either side. Yeah, it's been crazy, and we'll get into drifting with uh, this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, he he must have been playing some uh, rage-inducing games, I think, to break three of them. <laughs> Well, exactly. Like, it must have been some craziness. And Could be this game, even, that we played this week. Who knows? <laughs> some, maybe Mario. Mario uh-huh. too. That's another one. Um, so, every week, we always say we appreciate all the ratings on iTunes. And yeah. um, def- definitely make sure you leave us a rating so it'll help us in our search engine. Um, another interesting thing, though, is um, this week, we officially overtook subscribers to my original podcast, VGBS, which was... You know, a five-year-long podcast, and Switchmania wow. overtook it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for supporting. And um, you know, it's it's been a, a wild ride, and we're on episode eleven. Like it's wow. <laughs> Haven't missed a week yet, too. Things are crazy, and I think that helps. Like you know, we're having a good time. We haven't missed any weeks, and it's been super fun. Just like talking about the Switch and and going in depth on. You know, a game, whether we mm-hmm. like it or not, and mm-hmm. um, you know, because we've had some ups and downs already, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Which is good because you know we shouldn't like. I mean, it's nice to like everything, but it's normal not to. And it's good that we get that range of games we really look forward to playing, can't put down, and others where it may even be a chore just to get through it. And and that's a pretty good segue into uh, Tumble Seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's go um, and talk about this game. So, Tumble Seed, uh, published by AIOU. <laughs> <laughs> I just had Love to the do, name. Just had to do that. Like, I had to say it the correct way. Um, it's an indie action game with a really unique style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, I wanted to love this game. Um, it's developed by. Benedict Frizz and designed by Greg Woolland. Um, the player balances a rolling seed along a horizontally ascending vine past procedurally generated obstacles. 
to reach the top of a mountain. So, I've mentioned in multiple episodes, I'm not a fan of roguelikes. Um, roguelikes procedurally generated, no predictability, mm -hmm. no like much roguelike games. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, this game is based on the mechanical arcade game Ice Cold Beer. Ice Cold Beer is an old school game where you essentially move a metal bar with a marble and go all the way up. It was released by Taito in 1983. Um, so it's a really old school mechanical game. And mm -hmm. this game is, you know, the the video game version with a lot of different aspects to it. It was released in May of 2017. Um, and the reviews are pretty favorable. Um, critics love the haptic sense of rolling the seed on the HD rumble, um, which it actually, it, it's outstanding actually, the, the actual feedback from it. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is though, is that, as I bet we are both going to agree on, um, <laughs> they noted the intense and sometimes uneven difficulty of the game. Yeah. Um, yep. Which they hoped would be addressed in post-release updates, and it definitely is not. Um, <laughs> this created a stigma and critical reception of the game's slow sales. <laughs> um, yeah, and that does go to show with our our poll that we did as well. All right, so let's go over the poll before I dig into any kind of gameplay and then we'll sure. talk a little bit about the development because I think the development and the passion behind the team is awesome um, and then we'll talk about what our own personal experiences with this as well after we talk about the um, <laughs> the reception of the fans sure yeah. so like always on, on my Twitter page I run a poll for the game that we're playing each week I ask if you've played it and if you have to comment so we had 61 people vote 28% said yes, they have played this game. 69% wow. said no. And 3% said they would before Wednesday. So if they have, I hope they comment after our episode and let us know what they thought about it. And we did actually have some feedback as well. So first one was at Chaz Hodges said, I haven't, but I believe it's on sale this week, at least in the EU. Was always hoping a limited publisher would pick this one up. I could see that. Um, then uh, at Stonebeak prod or production said it's absolutely fantastic in a variety of ways it's got a chill out before bed to wind down vibe mixed with keeping you on edge as you oh. balance your way up the mountain and things get so precarious at times beautiful art and just a pleasant little gem heart i uh, recommend no my thing is could you play this right before bed no and i'm, no. Get into that. Yeah, I'm I, saying like like when you hear like i'm like here then i'm like oh i don't know about bills now, I, I'm not saying he's wrong, and if it, to him, if it was a relaxing game before bed, that's kudos. To me, if I put this, if I played this before bed, I'd be up all night with a hole in the wall. Anxiety. I mean, that's Anxiety. that's me. Okay, so then, oh yeah, let's. What else we got? Okay, we have at Shifilation said tumble seed use of HD Rumble on the Switch is phenomenal. When playing in handheld, it feels like the seed rolls from one end of the Switch to the other. So damn impressive. Oh, and the game is a ton of fun too. Then at No Longer Gone said, I've always wanted to. It looks awesome. And at A Wild Adora Bear says, I got the game from a sale right around when I got my Switch, but I still haven't played it yet. I should really fix that at some point, LOL. Yeah, yeah. Then at P. 
Pure Evil said, This always looked like the kind of game that would make me put a controller through a wall. I'm stressed enough right now. I don't need my hobby causing more. <laughs> I, I second that sentiment. <laughs> and then the last feedback we got was at Great Bit Blog said, Tumble Seed is an excellent ice cold beer clone with its own take on gameplay with roguelike mechanics. It's really good. So as you can see, it, there's a wide range of reactions and thoughts on this game, and yeah. it makes sense. You know, I can see that. How um, how far did you get? Because that's the next section for our review. How far did you get in the game? I know you only played it a little bit because yeah. it was anger-inducing, but um, how far did you end up getting in it? I got so I got past the tutorial, and okay. I started climbing the mountain, and I got to the point where the other seeds part ways to let you jump over the gate. And you talk to the the old seed, I guess, if you want to call it that. And, and he wants you to kill three enemies, and then you can get a, a power-up. So I made it... I started making it up that way, and I probably made it to the... It's weird to say, like, the second stage, because when you die, you get um, an image of the mountain, and it shows your progression. Mm -hmm. I, at least on... I mean, I guess I went through two or three of those picture pages because one was a tutorial then it takes you to the next one i don't think i got very far and it's not for the lack of trying it was just i kept dying so frequently and i just could not get past certain points i got to the i don't know if you remember but you drop down into the cavern and you can choose between two power-ups yeah and it would rotate or it would change the different types of power-ups on your playthrough Rogue so it wasn't <laughs> What? Roguelike. <laughs> Rogue yeah, and this, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is probably one of the first roguelikes I've played on the Switch. Oh. And I'm not a fan of roguelike. I, like you said, I don't like the procedurally generated um, gameplay aspect to it. And it was funny because I'm not used to it. So after I talk to the seed and I kill the three enemies, I roll all the way down. And I'm like, I can't get back to him. What am I supposed to do? So I kept going, and then I realized after I died, I could talk to him, and it saved your progression. So then I unlocked something. So I, I get that aspect where, you know, you die and you can improve upon your next uh, playthrough of it. But yeah, we'll get more into why I wasn't a big fan of it, but I didn't get very far. <laughs> so I initially played this a little bit when I bought it um, months ago, and mm -hmm. I played through the tutorial, and I got through the first mountain, and mm -hmm. then I'm in the jungle mountain now. Mm -hmm. So that's like the second full mountain after doing a bunch of little missions. Um, so jumping back in was a big mistake. And not going <laughs> through the tutorial again because I just couldn't do anything. I was going up dying immediately. Um, you have to go very slow in the game. Yes. And oh, yeah. the problem is, is after you get through the forest, the enemies start coming at you fast. Then you get to move out of the way. But if you hit the right or left analog stick, the seed will fly down and then goes into a hole. And then you die. Um, or the enemy hits you and you die. Um, so the other thing was, is it wanted me to like, I'm to the point where it wants me to take out like a slug. And mm -hmm. I couldn't find a slug to take out and that's why I stopped playing initially. And now I was like, I couldn't even get to a slug. Anything that looked like a slug. So I literally made no progression playing for a bunch of hours. Um, <laughs> like no progression at all. Like not even anything to save. Um, I tried playing the 
half of the day or the challenge of the day a couple days. Because mm-hmm. um, they have that where you can go on every day and there's a new challenge, there's a challenge of the week. Um, then there's like a cooperative or a versus or something like that. Um, that wasn't there the initial time I played it. Mm-hmm. it must be an update. Um, but interestingly enough, yeah, um, the game itself is not bad. The game itself, the um, mechanics. Now, we mentioned Joy-Con Drift. Uh, today, I was playing it for the hour before the podcast, and and my Joy-Con was doing some crazy stuff on its own. I'm so oh, that's trying, not a good game for it to happen. I'm trying on. to maneuver this damn seed <laughs> between one line, and all of a sudden it goes whoop and just goes right into the damn hole. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't even touch anything. <laughs> yeah, those those holes were killer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Like, because I, I would. I was able to get past the midpoint on the jungle mountain because that was, again you start with the tutorial then the forest and the jungle mm-hmm. um and the jungle is where i'm at and there's still the desert the snow and then saving the town so there's still a lot more to go um they gave nope. tons of content um but the thing is is like so when you get to you get past you get into the level then you have two there's two different spots where you can get power-ups in mm-hmm. like, each section and then past that, you jump and you go up again, and now you're in like a little mini city in the middle where you can save your spot, um, you know, and also go inside the houses, talk to some people. Um, and after that, I, I ended up accidentally falling in a hole with my with my uh, drift, and I just stopped. Um, yeah, with just getting into the houses sometimes was a challenge for me because you're right, I had to start going really slow just to maneuver upwards just to get into the house and then when the holes were there and the enemies were appearing it just got to be too much for me yeah and so and i was looking i was looking forward to it because the game looks really nice it is beautiful it, yeah it's, it's the beautiful music's awesome. ambient and it's it sets the tone it wants to make be chill and be a game that you want to play before bed but right this is why like since episode zero i've been talking i don't really like roguelikes mm-hmm. because it's just like the procedurally generated spot like so the enemy obstacles and the holes are all random every single time so there's no like strategy you can come up with it's all about your reaction time and i'm not fast enough and I don't have enough time with the mechanics to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're essentially, so with your controller, you're using the two analog sticks to, laze, to raise and lower each edge of the horizontal vine. And when you tap it a tiny bit, the seed will mo- move. And you have to manage right. that momentum of the seed along the horizontal vine as you're pushing upward on both sides simultaneously to make progress up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you have hearts, and if you lose two, maybe three hearts, you go to an earlier position, and then the game ends if you run out of hearts. Um, there's different seeds though, so like one seed will set a um, flag. It will set a flag, which gets you to a new position. Um, there's a heart one where you can get new hearts, so you have to hit right. like two or three or four of those spots. Those spots though are also randomly generated, so they. They pop up randomly, um, mm-hmm. and then there's crystals, and then you have a crystal seed, and then you got a spike seed, which you can use that surrounds you to attack enemies. But you have to hit the enemies with the spike, not just your body. Right. Um, 
And the thing is, is that, um, just going back down to the mountain over and over and over again, to me is, it's a, there's a lot of lost progression. So the, the best roguelikes I've played are ones that don't take away a lot of your progression. Mm-hmm. They start you over a little bit, but you go again. So, like, I mean, even, like, playing Bloodstained, if you, you're sitting there playing and all of a sudden you lose your, lose all your health and you have to start back from the last save point. The last save point, it still has all your progression to that save point. You don't start off at zero. <laughs> and then it's random how the level's generated when you get to the next spot. So you don't even know where the next save point will be. Like, you kind of... All right, I know where I have to get with this item, this item, this item, this item, and now I can make a little more progress. A little more progress for me doesn't seem to happen with roguelikes. Mm-hmm. And that's my major issue with the genre. Um, that being said, I can't knock Tumbleseed because of my lack of ability. And that's right. literally why I didn't enjoy it, because I'm not good enough. Not because the game isn't good enough. Right. I'm not good enough at the game. Um, I, I am horrible at the game. Yeah, I'm, I I would second that I'm also horrible at this game. And I felt, you know, the tutorial was good. It got you up past it. You know, you're able to, to maneuver. But I felt that the difficulty, and again, this could just be me, but I felt like it came on too quickly with too many holes, trying to maneuver around the enemies. And I don't know, I feel like it almost didn't really guide you at all. It was more just you kind of have to know how to play these type of games and i'm not saying that every game has to handhold you it, it doesn't but to to a novice like me like i didn't really understand what i needed to do aside from just get up and get a power up they would they would you know give you an understanding and a trial of of the new power up so you could test it out and then go back into the game but i just felt like i don't know i felt like the tutorial wasn't enough and i mean the tutorial was okay, but and that even the forest was was pretty doable. It's just once you got to the jungle, it's just yeah. It and went, I think that's where I was too. It went crazy hard, and I just couldn't couldn't touch anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny we play Yoku, and you're going sideways, and and you're a beetle with a ball, so you're rolling. Yeah. And here you're you're not even controlling the character; you're controlling the bar. Which is a very interesting mechanic, and like you said, it's from Ice Cold. It, they take the concept from Ice Cold Beer, but I've never played that before. I I remember playing. There was a game called Labyrinth with a marble, where you're tilting the board and you're trying to get the marble around the holes. Yeah, to get to the end. yeah. And that's what this reminded me of. Okay. But sometimes the sensitivity was just too much, where I felt like I wasn't moving the bar that much, but he was just ricocheting back and forth to the point where I couldn't really slow him down unless I, I dropped all the way to the bottom again and then, you know, reset myself. And it, I wonder it was... if you can adjust the sensitivity on the controls. I, yeah, I, I thought I went into the options to check and I didn't see it. Maybe yeah, I missed it. But... I did not tinker with that, but if honestly, okay. if, like, the sensitivity would have been a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. A little bit smoother. Because it was like you had to be very quick. Right. And you did, especially when things were just coming up and popping up like out of nowhere. I mean, it was you, you didn't always have time. And, and what I saw myself doing a lot was I would maneuver him 
all the way to the left or right and start hugging the wall as long as there wasn't a hole like partially there but you know doing that you miss these checkpoints like these the the patches of dirt to get the crystals to put the flags so you really can't play that kind of game where you're staying to the left or right of the board of the screen but it was just it was a lot to try and get up and you're right you know you fall down the hole and if you don't have a flag you keep falling further and further back down and it's just oh my god all that progression is just gone yeah and it's so demoralizing (laughs) i mean it's like it's it's like i know i'm bad at you you don't have to remind me hurts my soul every time (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know man it's i just I don't know if I just there's something in my brain that I just want my little rewards for my work put into a game. Uh-huh. I, I mean that's just I I might just be an old school gamer. We might both be just be old school gamers maybe, now. Or maybe we just didn't play the right roguelite. I mean there's ones that come to mind that people cannot stop talking about and I'm tempted to put that into the playcast and and see if our opinion would change a little bit. But I'm, I'm, but this one, this one unfortunately just didn't sell me on it. And this is turning me more off of roguelikes. And <laughs> like, I mean, I did a review, a text, like a text-based review on Hagen's Alley about Steradin um, mm-hmm. from Super Rare, and they sent me a review copy, and I didn't care for the roguelike parts of it again. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it is what it is. But again, we can't fault because the, the game itself is sound. Right. It could use a little bit of sensitivity tweaks, but it's beautiful. It's I like that there's like 30 plus power ups. Like there's a lot there. Oh yeah, and I only got to four or five of them. Yeah, and, I, and I probably hit about ten. And you can see from the feedback, it it does resonate well with certain gamers. Yeah. And it's even as far as to say it's a calming game before bed. So, um, yeah, no. <laughs> so basically, um, the development of this is what we were, what I was talking about near the beginning. Um, so that's pretty interesting, just like based on how they came about with the development team. So the game is based on ice cold beer. Um, basically you control the ends of a metal rod, raising a rolling metal ball vertically in a wooden cabinet, avoiding holes cut in the wood. The thing with ice cold beer, which is different than this game, in my opinion, is that ice cold Mm -hmm. beer, you see the layout and you can master the layout, picking your fastest path possible to set, you know, speed run records and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the one spot that I would say, man, they should have like a a, a story standard non-swapping mountain and then you have your random mountains kind of like toe jam and earl you got your on the genesis you have your standard world and then you got your random world Mm -hmm. like if you had both that would be like i i think i could get into it just like going through um and give me a damn password or something (laughs) (laughs) um so the uh development team they're based in chicago and they first found an ice cold beer in 2013 so they were a later adopter um and basically they wanted to um do a tribute to this game which is why um they wanted an in-game world with enemies and then they wanted procedurally generated levels um they spent two years designing the title um to honor Mm -hmm. the legacy and they worked through a cards against humanity game incubation program 
mm-hmm. um, which is interesting is how they got more members of the team. Um, the interesting part is the Nintendo Switch. They wanted to be the flagship demonstration of the console's HD rumble feature. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to feel the textures through the so, the controller's vibrations. So it'll be interesting, you know, mentioning that with the new Switch Lite because they're not they're not going to have the HD rumble. Oh, wow, that's a good point. So this game will be won't be as you know as memorable for those that play this with the newer one. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's real interesting. Um, reception, like we said, has been favorable. Um, and the difficulty, though, is just uneven. And so you can go through a decent run and then have a really terrible run. And that's what happened to me, too. It's like that one where I got really far up. The next time I got, like, barely anywhere on there and died again. And it's like, it's just maddening. And that's what they said. Like, maddening and mesmerizing. <laughs> I just, it just couldn't, I had to stop. I would keep wanting to stop. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, is that I wanted to push faster. You know what I mean? I wanted to go faster than, because you, you have to go slow. <laughs> yeah, I want to also. And, and you're right, you you couldn't do that. No, and then I mean, I you die, you're like, I just, people that can maneuver that seed like a pro i'm not that person and i'm almost thinking like just trying to think how we could they could simplify it for us baby gamers um <laughs> for me i would like the ability to hit the left and right triggers to reset the bar and maybe and and reset the seed like in the center to me that would have helped because you know you start getting flustered and you're going back and forth very quickly and just trying to center became a challenge and I think um, that's something that could help me. And I don't know if this was applied to the Switch, but there's a post-release. Uh, apparently, the game developers worked to make the game less difficult in response to criticism. Um, and they credited they credited the game's slow sales to the reception and high difficulty. Um, basically, um, they said that there was a Four Peaks update that added four new areas and abilities to simplify the game such as reducing Hmm. incoming damage and increasing stealth near enemies Mm -hmm. um here's the thing (laughs) um we if we're playing this um baby version this four peaks version (laughs) then uh y'all need to scale it back a lot more and just i mean you can make it so that way you make it baby version and put a baby bottle in, in the seed's mouth so that when we're playing it, we feel emasculated. That's fine, <laughs> but it might make the game more approachable for, for us. And then you just have the normal mode, too. And that's what I always think is like, don't simplify the game. Mm-hmm. I say take the mountain and add a difficulty. So right now, you that would be normal. That would be regular developer difficulty. Normal. And then when you do this baby mode, you just go, boom, It's e- here's easy. And you right. play the easy mountain. And you play the same thing in easy. You just don't get as many perks, rewards, points, whatever you want to limit it on. So that way, once you master easy, then you can, maybe you could take on the normal mode. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my main recommendation is, is that don't change the game because people aren't able to 
play it, beat it, enjoy it because they aren't good enough. Um, I would say add a side mode or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything that I put in my notes. Um, no, I we we hit it all. Um, I do like the <laughs> idea of daily challenges and weekly challenges. It's just mm-hmm. I am not good at it. That's why I wrote I like it, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what are our recommendations for this? (laughs) You can go first. So my recommendation is um, get it when it's on sale. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like it's five dollars in UK right now. That's that's a good price point. Um, It's not five for me. I think I paid 15 for it. Um, And... Or maybe ten, maybe fifteen. I can't remember, but I paid I paid a normal price for it, um, mm-hmm. and because I love ice cold beer. Like my buddy Rob Steiner, he's on the East Coast. I don't know if you've ever met him because he's been to some of the conventions you've been to, but mm-hmm. he's the ice cold beer like world champion. Oh wow! And, like he would go to Magfest and they do the the tournament every year for the championships, and people come from all over the country, all over the world to compete, and he wins every year, and. Watching him play, it's like, man, this would be like the perfect game to watch him play. But mm-hmm. in all reality, he's so good because there's an actual standard layout. With this whole roguelike thing, it just it gets too crazy, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I need to see a video of just pros playing this game who just don't even slow down. They just know how to maneuver because watch I try. This is in their hands too. I don't want to just see video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see. I watch that. See the sweat on their brow. <laughs> but since getting the switch and playing all the games I've played, this is probably the one that's made me mad the most and frustrated playing mm-hmm. to the point that when I turned it off, I was, I was like, I made no progression and I'm angrier for it. Yeah, like, JP sent me a message today, and he's like, um, and I was like, he's like, how much did you play it? And he almost didn't want to, you know, continue with how little he played. And I'm like, no, we have to. I don't want to spend, I, I don't want to have to dedicate more time to this if I'm not going, if I'm going to be angry. <laughs> like, like I, I've played enough. I'm good. Um, I doubt I'm going to go back to this after the, the cast, honestly. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm moving on to the next game. Well, we have thousands so, of games to play, but it's like it's it's just unfortunate because like Yoku, you went back and you had to beat it. Like this one's like, oh alright, let's move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh I haven't felt like that with a game in a while and again I feel I don't feel bad, but I know the developer's mind was in the right spot. Mm-hmm. It just didn't connect with us. You know, it, it's yeah. weird. Oh, no, it, yeah, both of us felt the same way. And I thought when you recommended it, I was thinking, oh, you really must have enjoyed this game because you had played it before. Yeah. And I was, and I, I knew nothing going in except what we had just briefly talked about because I don't, I, don't re- I don't read reviews. I don't look at, up videos. I go into a game blind, so I want to give it a fair shot. And when it first started out in the tutorial, I said, okay, this is an interesting take on the game. I'm enjoying it. And then just very quickly, it just went downhill for me difficult along along with my seed my seed just went downhill with me (laughs) your seed (laughs) um so 
here's the thing to think about is okay so down the, down the line you look at these screenshots you think it looks cool remember this week people <laughs> remember this week because i guarantee you that's why i went back to is i'm like i don't, i didn't remember why i stopped playing it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's why and i think my skill level was after the first full mountain with multiple different missions when mm-hmm. i got to this the the second jungle mountain that's when it got too hard for Mm-hmm. And some people might be on just a tutorial like is some people might be past that to the snow or sand or another level but yeah remember this don't <laughs> don't venture back to the tunnel yep. speed unless <laughs> you really really want to try to figure it out because you're gonna have to put in a lot of time then that's the thing if we put in uh you know a good double maybe triple the time we did of frustrating hours <laughs> like we we it might click I mean, it's the same thing right now with me and Cadence of Hyrule. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And my one of my coworkers, he's like, "Oh, well, yeah. Once you do that, it's it's amazing." And it's just like eventually, it just clicks on how to do it. And it might be the strategic aspects when it comes to the enemies of Tumbleseed as well, where mm-hmm. things have to ramp up, and I just may not be figuring it out correctly. That could be it too. But again, not for me. <laughs> yeah, not for me either. Yeah. Oh, unfortunate. <laughs> I know. I, I'm never. It's never fun to not like a game. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> so what? I think you said you might have a couple options for me, JP. Yeah, so what, I, what are we? What are we thinking for next I'm, week? I'm going to recommend that we adopt this approach because I liked it. What you did last week, you gave me two choices, right? You gave me. <laughs> you uh, chose. And let's yeah. let's go to let's go to Indiana Jones with you. You chose poorly. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we should do that each week. We should have two games. I think that's simple enough. Two games that the other person will pick. So and the, and the key is is those that are listening, if you want us to go back and like so last week the extra pick was like Toe Jam and Earl and mm-hmm. <laughs> like if y'all wanna want us to play one of those, remind us and we'll either we'll add it to the mix again. I mean, I got no problem or, doing it. Or if there's a game that our listeners want us to play they think it's a fun game or an interesting game or they want to they've never played it but they want our take on it give us the feedback let us know and we'll put that in in the list the two we're going to create we can have 3 4 of and we'll add listener ones too oh yeah absolutely i think that's a great idea actually so, so yeah. definitely shoot some maybe we'll have the the listener game of the of the week too recommendation and then we'll choose which one out of those we want to play so then for that what i'll do is when we post this episode i'll i'll ask that question and that way it'll give us enough time to put it in a future episode, like in two weeks, as opposed to because we already have our game for next week. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and like what that. you'll do is you'll post it and be like, all right, so what game do you want to see us talk about in episode yep. 12? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, yeah. so here are my two choices. There are two games that came out physically, one in the U.S., and one in Germany and EU. Trouble. So they're they're <laughs> both puzzle type games, Uh-oh. but they're but they're different. So the first one was Flipping Death. From Death. so the publisher was Rising Star Games. It was uh, developed by Zoink and published by Rising Star. And the second game is State of Mind from Daedalic. Flipping Death or State of Mind? Yes. Two games I don't have. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you made me buy Tumbleseed. <laughs> no, this, this is, is revenge. Back. I mean, I know which one I want to play. I'm going to see if you're going to pick that one. 
So you said flipping death, and I'm I'm actually going to while we're while we're talking, I'm look gonna go up. ahead and look up and see what the games look like. Sure. So flipping death looks like a horror style having a reaper. Um, the graphics, like part- cartoony. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I mean it looks really cool. It looks like old school, like British style paper mache. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of little, like little big planet. What was the second one? State of mind. State of and while you're looking that up, I will let our listeners know, for you collectors out there, this originally released in Germany with a German backing cover of text, but there was actually an English one that came out, and you had to go on, well, I mean, I had to go on eBay to find that because no retailer I saw was selling the English cover. So there was also, I'm sorry, there was also a Spanish exclusive uh, collector edition that came out for State of Mind as well, but it never came out in the U.S., Interesting. So, um, I'm going to go with the one you probably wouldn't think, which is the more 3D one with State of Mind. Yes! All right. That's actually <laughs> the one I really want to play. Yeah. Because my normal thing would be to go into like 2D or pixel graphics, but and that would be the flipping death. But I think State of Mind, it looks like I see some Tron looking stuff. I see some cool um, mm-hmm. graphics. So, let's do some State of Mind. And I would just like to point out, because I'm looking at my case now, is Doug Cockle, and you might know him as the voice of Geralt from Witcher. He does the voice of the main character. Okay. And I know that because I've talked to him, and he actually signed my case. I feel very fortunate. So this game means that much more than me, and I've been wanting to play it. And an even more fun story about this is when I was in Germany, this game got released, so I was at a sales meeting, and I had a free day, and the closest store was about two train rides and a town over. And this is somebody who had not been to Germany before, but I made my way to a Saturn retailer, so it's like a Best Buy, and I found the game. So initially I had the German one, and then eventually, and then I learned about the English cover, so I picked that one up. But I went on an adventure to buy it, and I never got to play it until this week. Really? So I'm very excited. I'm glad you picked that one, because... That's the one I really want to try out. So the question is, like, where, if I was trying to get this physically, you know, because there might be other members of the uh, yep. the Switch Core um, that are trying to get this. If I'm trying to get um, get this game, like, what's the easiest way to get it physically? The quickest way is going to be eBay. Uh, the price is reasonable. Um, I paid for the English cover. I think it was $50, $52. So maybe a little, you know, a little pricey cuz the game did retail for slightly less, but eBay I think is the easiest way. Um, I'm looking right now actually on Amazon Germany to see if they still have copies available because they do ship to the US. Um, I see one copy left for 34.99 euro. So it comes out to be well, about you're, you're, you're like costing me dollars anyway. You're costing me double what I cost you last week. Um however, well, can you can you download Amazon, it? Amazon US, it's $30 free shipping and I get it by Friday. No, oh, then you should have said that before I started I was looking people it up while pay you were more. talking. <laughs> I was looking it up while you were talking. <laughs> we do research. Oh yeah, okay, here so live. you'll get the German cover. It looks yeah, like so it's you can the get German it for 29.99. However, it is. is it though? Because I'm ordering on the US yes. one and Amazon, I've gotten CIB NES games just ordering an NES game before on Amazon. So we will see, and it'll be part of the story. Okay. <laughs> you never know. 
Yeah, I spent. So I'm gonna wait. Are you buying it right this second? Oh, it's already bought. It's it's in. It's shipping okay, right now. It's... <laughs> I'm growing your physical Switch library. That's right. And if it ends up being, and you're growing my digital one. And it's, that's the thing. And and honestly, I don't want to grow the digital one that much more. Honestly, <laughs> I want to grow the physical. Um, so that'll actually go hand in hand with um, growing the physical library with uh, something that I wanted to talk about this week, which was um, I um, posted this on the, the physical Switch Collectors group and Facebook, but I got a new way that I'm sorting and displaying my collection, and it works really well. I think I think it pops. It looks great. Um so I have multiple sections of my collection now. Um, over the weekend, mm-hmm. I bought an eight-cube display. It's like Better Homes and Gardens, but it, they sell them at Walmart. But they're really high-quality mm-hmm. wood. It's not that crappy wood that you would get at um, like Best Buy back in the day. Um, and so I displayed all my stuff. I threw it all on there, and it looked okay. Um, and then this last weekend, I sorted it all. And so now it looks really cool. Um, it's I have my published by Nintendo um, shelf, which I didn't realize mm-hmm. for the Switch collector book that Dragon Quest Builders was published by Nintendo and not Square. There's one. Um, food for thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, so that's one section, and then I have like amiibos in there too. So I got like Link fighting one of the giant robots from Breath of the Wild, um, mm-hmm. and then a Mario three from for Mario Maker two, and a Samus because we need a Samus game. But Smash Samus, it's coming. Oh yeah, definitely. one day, it's coming. one day we'll get Prime, um, Prime four, um, and then so then I have that. I have two different limited shelves that are just like extra stuff, but I have a third-party published u.s shelf um where everything's there and i have things displayed interestingly because you can't have two cases side by side laying down so i have like some of Mm -hmm. them laying down up to where the cases go the other way and then i flip them to laying down and 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 stacking them up and it's like a little like quad display but it looks pretty cool um so then I have those, and in each one laying down, I have my top four games. So I have my top four Nintendo published games, my top four uh, third-party games, and then mm-hmm. in the next cube, I have my other regions. So if this game ends up coming and it's a German region, it'll go in the other regions section. So I got Japanese, nice. Germany, Russia, <laughs> whatever's weird. <laughs> um, we have Russia now. And... Just as big as my other other section, my other region section is limited run games. And mind mm-hmm. you, even in my collector's editions, I open them all and I take out all of the cases. So all my cases are displayed in each cube. Nice. So my top games could still be in a collector's box down below, but the box is opened and the case is out with my collection. Um, nice. And then, uh, because... With third-party games, I have too many for my current display. I have a subset of Nicolas, um, and mm-hmm. I have almost a complete Nicolas. Next week, I should have some additions to that um, for do, pickups. Do you know what I learned recently? Mm. For the Umihara Kawasi Fresh, mm-hmm. is the the retail edition has a different inner artwork than the online store exclusive or the online version that they sold on their store. Nice. That's really cool. No, 
No, no, that's not. It's awesome. Not at all. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? You have to have both. I have to get both. And that means if they're going to be doing that for all of their titles now, that's double. Double. Who's to say? You won't know until you buy them. (laughs) I know. And then somebody mentioned that there may have been four different inner artworks based on feedback he was hearing. And I I said, that doesn't make much sense. I think two sounds more plausible. um, What did they do with Blade Strangers? They had multiple variant covers. So... But they advertised that, though. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean, crazy. And so, that, that's fine. I mean, you have a fighting game. You want to see... You, it makes sense that you would have different characters, you know, prominent in the center. But inner artwork, I mean, that's just a whole new realm now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at least they're doing it, though. That's the other thing. Like, they need to do that more often. So, like, I have that subset. And then next to that, though, I have my East Asia Soft Ellie's. Yep, in there. that's growing quickly. Besides for Panty, par- panty Party, because I haven't bought that. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode zero. I still haven't bought any Panty Party. Someday. If oh, you better believe I'm going to be picking that game. We're going to be playing that game. <laughs> you can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> you can cancel this podcast, though, so maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Our last episode party. ever. <laughs> Join p- us next week where I have a new host that doesn't Make me play this game. <laughs> no panty parties. No. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's a really cool way that with my collection to display the stuff. Um, eventually it'll outgrow because I mean I'd only have maybe 120 to 150 games, so I'm not mm-hmm. near your realm. So, but if you did that with multiple, like because that they also sell not just eight. But like sixteen and thirty-two pin, <laughs> like they send, mm-hmm. they sell giant ones. So you could could successfully display it. And what I like is there's depth to it. So you have the cases; they go all the way to the back, and then you have a lot of front space that you can throw in figures and other stuff. So like, I mean, I, in my third party one, I have a Doctor Wiley statue that I got from Too Many Games multiple years ago. That's actually carved Doctor Wiley. For, you know, Mega Man oh, nice. in there. And then I got a Sonic Amiibo in there, too, because Sonic's in there. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, my top games are, you know, they're going to rotate, and they're my personal ones, too. So, you know. I think that's great. It keeps the it keeps the display fresh. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I don't know if you're the nostalgic kind of guy that I am, but personally, I would take pictures every time you change it up, and then you could see the progression over the course of the Switch lifespan of what you felt your top games were how your collection evolved or you know grew and i think that'd be pretty cool especially with something as visual as yours well and the other thing that i like about the way i've categorized it is technically like breath of the wild mario odyssey is going to win out and you're going to lose a focus on a lot of the great third party uh, other region release limited run game releases um you know you Mm -hmm. lose a lot of that luster now, you know, it gets its own. You still got your Zeldas and your Marios and Smash Brothers and Mario Kart 8. And you still can focus on some of the other great games. And um, right now, I mean, definitely Bloodstained is on two of them. Limited Run Games has a Bloodstained, and there's a third-party release, Bloodstained. So mm-hmm. it's, it's monopolizing because I do like both in different ways. So, like, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, and it, if I update anything, I'll... I'll definitely take a picture. I may start doing a blog post on it because my on HigginsAlley.com, the top post is always the top 20 or top 22, 
NES homebrew games that I have. And it's mm-hmm. the number one search for NES homebrew on the internet. So it's crazy. But like every time I update that, I update the blog when I update my homebrew, my top my top twenty. And I've kind of I've I've definitely not kind of, I've definitely scaled back getting NES homebrew games mm-hmm. um, over the years just because it's there's so many now. And yeah. you know, it's the same thing with the Switch, but this with the Switch you get new and old and it's a different different beast. Yep. So it- yeah, so I I, th- I think I might do that. I might post a blog about my collection, and then when it updates, I'll I'll do like a update. Absolutely, that's a I great like to idea. See that. It's a great yeah. idea, JP. Thank you. You know, <laughs> that's something that I wanted to do with my Switch collection. Is like I would love to display because right now I have those Best Buy bookshelves, and they're just they're it's spine facing just because there's so many. And at the very top, I could fit about four games, and I've had the same four up there since since I built the bookshelf. So I have the Octopath Traveler Collector Edition. I have the Bayonetta Japanese Non-Climax Edition, and maybe three. And then I have my Thimbleweed Park Limited Run box with the the case on their Limited Run game stand. So just the case next to it. And then, but that's all I could fit. And I've never thought to rotate it just because the spacing really wasn't there. Yeah. But I love I love it when people post their collections and because everybody displays it differently and it means something to them. It's not just, you know, putting a game on the shelf. It's like you you're putting the games that mean something to you. You're putting figurines next to the games and you're you're making it more than just uh, like a standard shelving display. Yeah, and, and, it, I, and it I, I love personality that. And yeah, exactly. That's the best way. It has personality, and mm-hmm. everybody does it so different. And I'm always happy when you see people uh, tweeting or just posting on the Facebook group. You know, especially new members, right? They always go like, "Hi, thanks, you know, for including me in the group. Here's my collection so far." And so many people are, get very creative with how they do it. Yeah, yeah, and I think and, that's great. And I mean, this is a you know. Besides for being a play cast, it's definitely a collector's cast, and it's oh yeah, absolutely yeah, and it's just like the way to display things. I mean, it's it's super fun. And mm-hmm. It's part of the the awesomeness of of collecting. Absolutely. Um, so now it's probably the time when we talk about what we've gotten in. Uh, it's a pretty light week, but I also have what I call my VR experience. So. I um waiting to get a copy of Labo. I haven't gotten a copy yet. I bought a really cheap VR headset on Amazon. It was like fifteen, mm-hmm. twenty dollars, whatever. And it had a head strap. Because I wanna play freaking Breath of the Wild in VR. <laughs> like I wanna do it. And I there was no reviews on it and there's multiple different of the same product, no reviews. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, it's $15 or $20 or whatever. And it got here. Um, so I put it on, fired up Breath of the Wild, and it's like blurry and you can't see anything. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then I find a new version of the product where it has reviews and it says that the lenses are too small and you can compare it to the labo ones and the lenses are too small so either your eyes are at the perfect distance from the lenses and you can see stuff or it's really small and blurry Mm -hmm. and i'm like damn so it's a fail but like i can see where it's gonna be cool because like you can once my eyes started to focus a little bit Mm -hmm. you can like look around with the headset and link looks around 
And oh, that's cool. And I was playing with the pro controller too. So I I took off the Joy Cons off the side because it's like with that headset, like it touches the Joy Cons a little, so you couldn't even play in that system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I just put the the actual screen in there, and then I was playing with the pro controller and just running around, and it was cool. But I thought maybe because I have twenty twenty in one eye but 2100 in the other so my mm-hmm. eyes like really blurry so i put in my glasses didn't help and i was Ooh. like i was like damn so it's it's literally the lenses and i was like so it's basically a waste of 15 20 dollars um but interestingly in there's an insert that says if you're unhappy with the product call us sir. Mm-hmm. So i wonder i wonder what that's gonna gonna do <laughs> like if i call them i'm gonna try and we'll, we'll follow up if i get any leeway or they or there's a crazy story to follow <laughs> yeah let me know what uh what happens with that yeah or i might just try to transfer all the head strap pieces to the labo when i get it so that way mm-hmm. i can just connect it because having it on there was really comfortable the actual te- the actual stuff itself was really comfortable and well made mm-hmm. just the lenses were wrong so either i might try to flip out the lenses to the labo ones or you know get some slots on the cardboard labo and attach the attach the head straps. I don't know. We'll see right. figure it out. Um yeah. so I did get in one game this week. Um mm-hmm. and actually since since Saturday. Um yep. God Burst 3 is what I got. And, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, and we were we were talking about last week I had nostalgia for God Eater Burst or God's Eater Burst for the um for the PSP. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I wanted to get this for the Switch. Did you start it yet? I have not started it yet. Okay. But I I wanted to. Um, the only thing that bothers me, and this yeah. is this is a a talking point for a future episode, is man I just looked over I was like oh yeah there's I was talking with the employee at GameStop so I went to GameStop because I was looking for um Minecraft Story Mode Season Two because it was five dollars. Yep. Um, didn't have it in, so I actually had my first miss in my area looking for a and game used. My Best Buy had it. I mean, I don't think it's five dollars; it may be twenty. But no, if you're looking it was, for it, it's five. I, I'll get it for five. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, all the game stops in the area and online. It's out of stock. But anyways, I was like talking to the guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Yeah, I, th- I know God Eater Two was released for the Vita." He's like, "Yeah, it was also on the PS." four and he's like yeah we have a copy i looked over there and bothered me i looked over and god eater three is there and it's like thirty dollars instead of full price of 60 mm-hmm. and i'm like switch is like almost double the price and it's like crazy it's like one of those things where you know being a gamer that i have an xbox one and a ps4 and mm-hmm. it's like oh they're talking about you know blazing chrome that's coming out it's spiritual successor to contra well, right. it, it's on Game Pass right now. I got Game Pass for six months for a dollar, and I can I played it already. Like I can play it right now for free, and it's but like, not physically. But not physically, <laughs> exactly. So, but the <laughs> thing is, I'm using Game P- P- Pass as a test mode for mm-hmm. the games I need to buy. And that's a good way to do it. Yeah, so I think that's a great way. But it's like, man, that stuff is, and I see where. Other gamers from other consoles are like, you all Switch collectors are crazy because I can play the, all these games for half the price. And I looked and I saw a physical copy of God Eater 3 for half the price. And I'm like, man, in the in the visuals, if I was going to play it on only on the TV, right, it would be no question. But I play primarily 
in handheld mode and then yep. sometimes get to enjoy it on the TV when my wife or daughter aren't, is not using it. So, like, that's where the draw of the Switch is for me. But, like, man, it's just so much cheaper. But you also get the... Did you get the downloadable character costumes from Tales of Vesperia? Um, I didn't get Tales of Vesperia. No, no, but um, as a pre-order bonus for God Either 3, you get a DLC code that you get. I order it. Oh, man, they didn't even give it to you at GameStop because they printed on the receipt. Oh, I didn't look. I mean, you could check. I mean, I don't know if it was only for pre-orders, but I thought it was just going to be also, you know, when you purchase it. No, when they do the pre-order thing, like, they literally do that so that way you start pre-ordering at their store. So Um, when you don't pre-order it, they don't print it on there. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. (laughs) I'll I'll live. Um, You'll live. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but I'm still going to play it and enjoy the game. Yep. Good, good, good. Yeah. So, I mean, but eventually, if we ever get to play for the Playcast, then we'll we'll master it. Absolutely. (laughs) So what did you get in? So I got so because we had the late episode, I got all my games in last week, and only one game came in so far this week, and it was today, and it's my Toe Jam and Earl, back in the groove, funky collector's edition from Limited nice. Run Games. So the, for those of you who don't know, I, it's really cool. It's a very funky '90s looking box, a very cool design. It comes with the game. It comes with a map puzzle board. You get six pins, so you get four main characters and two blind boxes. And then you get an environment cutout standees, a cassette soundtrack, and a download code. And you get an 18-inch by 24-inch poster. So I've got that. It's still sealed. But I did buy additional blind boxes because there was six additional characters that you could get. And they had said that if you bought six or more, they would do their best to give you one of each so you didn't get duplicates. And they fulfilled that. I got all six of the additional characters, so I'm very happy about that. So if I ever play my board game, now I have everybody. But uh, yeah, that's all that came in so far this week, even though the week's not over yet. And you saw the picture I posted where I actually did a Toe Jam and Earl painting. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> so I, um, after the podcast, actually, I um, did a canvas where I painted it yellow, because bright yellow, mm-hmm. just like the Toe Jam and Earl Genesis screen, the logo screen for the Genesis game. And then... I um then I went and I looked at how they did the the different art on there. So there's like little aqua or turquoise like painting paint brush mm-hmm. swipes. So I just did that with my own way, just paintbrush swipes. And then there was like little ampersands and at signs, but instead of that I just did my own little painting style um with pink. And then I put the Toe Gem and Earl pixel um perler of them high fiving. And nice. it fits up a whole 11 or 6 by 8 or whatever a normal size canvas is. It's a, big, it's a normal size, pretty big canvas. And it looks, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. It looks it looks jamming for sure. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it's perfect. And, you know, the fact is is that my wife loves Toe Jam and Earl too, so might be able to let me display that somewhere. In the house. Oh, awesome. Um, I also, like, if people are interested in those kind of things, like that one was – pretty cool to make and it wouldn't be super difficult for me to make more like that so i might actually take that with me um because i'll be at classic game fest um not this weekend but the weekend after in austin i might Mm -hmm. bring it with me and i mean something like that it wouldn't be super expensive either and so i might bring a couple of my my paintings i I could never bring the one my daughter made but like (laughs) but like 
something like that though where you know it took me a, only a couple hours instead of like multiple hours like the painted ones that yep it would be super fun to do yeah absolutely but yeah, that's awesome exactly um so let's go to the next section which is basically like the newsworthy stuff and eh, nothing happened today yeah so so Slow first of all fixed. luigi's mansion 3 actually got its release day which is halloween yes and it it goes against what people thought was a leak i think on amazon mexico's website they had october 4th just the other day and everybody thought it got leaked but it, it did not nope um i do have a theory to go over too which was interesting i was watching some um some some um i was watching some videos and about like the early NX and Switch rumors and things, and, and mm-hmm. I had a really cool theory. Um, so basically, I don't think it was... If you think about it, it's the Nintendo Switch, right? Yeah. And so I don't think it was supposed to be NX. I think it was literally like N-Cross, like Nintendo Cross. So I think mm. they were talking about the cross platform way that you can do things the cross between a console and a handheld um and then there was some stuff where it was called the nintendo cross somewhere but it was a fan-made thing mm-hmm. so like i think that's what they were gonna call it initially like was some maybe like that or there was a bunch of names floating around but i think that's where the nx the x was the cross like, oh that's interesting that was my thought that was my theory there and then they figured switch sounded a lot cooler and they were right um yeah but, yeah, it's, that was that's my like theory. That's the stuff that I think about while I watch crazy, <laughs> crazy videos, man. I, my mind gets going. I'm I'm insane. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. So, but what happened today though? Because I woke up and all of a sudden Twitter was ablaze with news. Well, because now we have another new Nintendo Switch coming out. Uh huh. And it's a secret one coming out in August. Um. It's not one. I, I will. I will let you know right now. I am not getting one. Um, not for I, this. But I want the box. Yeah. So, literally, Nintendo is rolling out the next iteration of the Switch console. Yes. Um, and all it's doing is it's greatly increasing the battery life of the Switch. Mm-hmm. That's what it's doing. So you'll be able to play it now from four and a half hours to like nine hours or something. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of battery life. The weird thing is that it's better battery life than the Switch Lite. And that is weird. It's like another hour or so more than the Switch Lite. So it's interesting that it has a better battery life than the console that's coming out a month after it's released. (laughs) Um, It's got to just be space in the system because the switch yeah. is slightly smaller. That's the only thing I could think of why it would be like that. Um, it'll be full retail price for the Switch. They say that you won't be able to tell at the store that it's different, but there's like a big red box, so I doubt well, it. <laughs> like, no, but then then you have to think about when people start trading in. So the, um, the serial numbers, it'll be oh, yes, serialized yeah. with different letters, so you'll be able to tell. That's the only way we're going to be able yes, to tell. Yes. And that's where this rabbit hole of uh, collecting in the aftermarket of the Switch is going to be interesting for those collectors that are either late adopters or 
um, collecting like after the switches is done when JP is nice and old and gray. Saw that tweet, <laughs> by the way, JP. Yeah. Um, that was a very popular. T- I yeah. I love FaceApp. I never used it before. <laughs> I posted some. I posted crazy. I look really old. I look insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's awesome. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So it'll be interesting because there's going to be so many options, and it's going to confuse people. And I like that. <laughs> but like also. It'll be interesting to see those late adopters. And go, oh, I'm so confused by Nintendo. It's it's the classic Nintendo thing to do. It's just kind of quietly release iterations. They did that yeah. all the time with the Super Nintendo and NES. By the way, people don't ever talk about it, but there's like two different versions of Super Mario Brothers three. Even on the box, there was an iteration where they moved the number three on the NES box. Hmm. And there's variants. There's like 10 different variants of almost every game out there like for box variants for Nintendo nes games like it's all right i'm glad i'm not collecting for the original nintendo then like tiny little stuff they did with game boy 2 um it's just it's don't say that it's crazy but <laughs> i mean they did that with like donkey kong country mario world where there's version you'll see it when you see rom dumps online and you'll see version 1.0 1.1 1.2 and they just put out when they put out updates back in the day, they would just throw it on the next batch of cartridges they release. Mm-hmm. So they fix some bugs, some major bugs, or some some gameplay things, and they would throw it on the cartridge. So you have different versions of games out there, and there's really no way to know without playing it in most cases. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. And that's where this rabbit hole is going to get with the Switch. Is like, oh, well, this serial number is this, this serial number is that. And I think my other theory is that this version is going to also patch the vulnerability that you could use to hack the Switch. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people buying the new version to upgrade and then taking their old Switch offline so they can hack it and put Homebrew on it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that as well. I absolutely see people doing that. I honestly have no interest in... I love hacking stuff and manipulating stuff and all that. I have no interest in hacking a modern console. Until the console's lifespan's done, Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy it. Once they take it offline, so like now the Wii is is worthy of going nuts on. And the Wii U pretty much is dead. So it's worthy of going nuts on now. Mm -hmm. But like like Switch, Xbox One, PS4, no, it's, it's not worthy of hacking yet so what's your question so let me ask let me ask you now so we have the switch light for 200 we have the regular switch for three we have this new upgraded battery switch for three mm-hmm. do you see them either a slowly phasing out the existing switch or dropping that one to maybe 250 and touting it you know as the lesser battery life version oh i think or do you think see a summer sale yeah this week next week like (laughs) mind you it's gonna happen because if this new version's getting rolled out in august they're not gonna want stores to have both versions on the shelves Mm -hmm. so either they're gonna fire sale them out at 200 dollars or 250 Mm -hmm. probably maybe down to two um because they're gonna have to do it before august because there's no way their stores aren't gonna have shelf space for that Right. No, that's a good point, too. And then, you know, it's going to be very hard to say, well, why would I want to buy this one when this one's the same price but longer battery? Oh, there's no reason. Exactly. 
So, so here's yeah. my other question for you then. Last week we see the Switch Lite. Here we see Switch version, you know, 1.1 or 2. Switch is 2. next week going to be the Switch Pro? <laughs> Every week we get No, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's, you know, I, I think they, the reason they didn't announce this one last week is they didn't want to take away from the Switch Lite presentation and the announcement, which is fine. I mean, you want to be focused on that. Now you bring out this one. And, th- and if you look, this one's coming out mid-August. The Switch Lite is September. So everything's gearing towards the holiday season already. I think it kind of makes sense that if like, we're gonna if we're gonna see a, a, a upgradable like pro version and and I like everyone's theory is that you have now the pure handheld version, you have the the hybrid the switch version with a longer battery. It could make sense that you see a docked version only as well. And oh, I, hope I just not. I know, but I just wonder. I mean, are we gonna see next Wednesday morning eight a.m. rolls around another another announcement from Nintendo? And See, then it's the trifecta. I almost think that this today's announcement was either a knee-jerk reaction or a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like maybe somebody was going to leak this battery life <laughs> or something, because it almost makes sense to hold off until October, November for this new version. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like this sounds like a Black Friday deal. So think so so you have September launch right for the Switch Lite, yep. then you let that go for a month or so, and then Black Friday, you announce, or you know maybe end of October November you announce this new better battery, and then you slash on Black Friday the Switch prices mm-hmm. down to two fifty, so it's Black Friday or down to two hundred dollars during Black Friday, and then all of a sudden those are all phased out. And you got the new the new version 2.0. Switch 2.0. Right. That's what I'm gonna call them. I'm gonna call it the 2.0. 2.0. I like that. Yeah, yeah I mean they're not even they're not even calling it anything else. So this is obviously the new model that's or, going to be or we call it 1.1. Because like okay. literally it's the same version, just with a little bit better battery life. And they did say there was an or confirmed that the Dragon Quest the console that's coming out in Japan uh-huh. will be this new battery improvement uh version. Nice. So to me, so to me, I'm getting that one because it's limited and I can only get it in Japan and it has cool Joy Cons, a dock. the The console itself has all the designs, so I'll be already getting one with a longer battery life. But now my question is, when do I buy this one, or do I buy it at all? Maybe I just go for the box because I don't necessarily need this console. I mean, the battery life is enough for me with the one that I have, and if I'm gonna go for all of the Switch lights just because they're different colors. That's what eight hundred dollars for all four of them. I don't think I need to spend another three hundred on the console that improves it by a few hours. And I mean, in all honesty, I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to docking my Switch. So, mm-hmm. like, whenever I run out of battery life, like it's right. very few and far between. And like, even at work, I'll bring the charger with me and I'll put it underneath my desk, and it charges from you know eight to by the time I have lunch, it's fully charged. So it's not like I need that that time. I mean, I think on a plane or like on a long car travel if you're in the back seat or in the passengers and you don't have a car charger then yeah i could see you know it makes sense to have that longer life but otherwise i feel like i'm never too far away from a plug yeah exactly so and i mean the box I is mean, cool it, it's more red now more red it's more red. red that's right it's gonna be a theme um, yeah. it's actually more red is a good uh transition over to the switch collector book Wait, but we're, there's still one more announcement that was made today. Ah, boo! No more news. You know what? It, 
You know what it is. Switch do you? Joy-Cons colors. The Joy- we got uh, Waluigi colors. Yeah. And I didn't even notice that at first until somebody posted a picture. And I said, wow, absolutely. That is Waluigi. So we have the purple. And orange, I guess it's dark or, blue, yeah, purple, orange, yellow. purple, dark orange. And then we now have the uh, blue and yellow. And the yellow we've already had. The blue yeah. is Dragon Quest-y. Um, yes. Yes, it so, is. I mean, I'm okay with them. My daughter will probably want the purple one. So I, I pre-ordered mean. both. <laughs> of course she did, because you have. Well, a you know what? I early on, I I wanted to go for a complete Joy-Con and Pro controller collection as well, and they've been pretty manageable. I mean, a lot of people are upset that they're eighty dollars, but I'm pretty sure that's what the other Joy Cons were when they first came out, mm-hmm. and now they seem to be on sale. You could get them between like fifty and seventy typically, but. You know what? I like the spacing. I don't need new Joy-Con colors every month, every two months. If you want to do maybe like once a quarter, I think that's perfectly fine. And I like... I'm not a big collector of Joy-Cons. I think I'm only disappointed that unless they're going to do where the option to reverse them is available overseas. Because if you remember the Splatoon colors, we had the Splatoon console Uh that had... uh, the pink and green on one side. I forget which one was which, but then they sold the reverse colors um, separately. Like in uh, in uh, I think Japan is where I picked them up. I got the I got only got the reverse colors. Yeah, that so way I can here, match mix and match red and green. Right, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, like I wish I could have two purples or two blues or two oranges." And right now, as far as I can tell, you can't because. The, you know, each, each one in the box is a specific color and they don't offer a flip of that. So I think that's, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is though, is that I only need so many controllers and I like using my, my Zelda, um, D-pad one anyways right now. So, Mm -hmm. which doesn't have, which can't be charged. So it doesn't work in a non-charging Joy-Con controller. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting, too. So it also doesn't work in the flip grip because of that, which is diff- which is sad. Yeah, yep. But, yeah, so on to the Switchbook update. So it's a sure. good, with all, a lot of red, because the whole... Lots of red. Out t- the whole exterior or the background of the Switchbook ha- is going to have red around the format of the book. Um so we've um we've done some pretty big updates with the Switch Collector um this week cuz I finished the Virtual Boy book like last week. So this mm-hmm. whole weekend I was able to to get some stuff done and I made some I did some craziness. So the one major thing that I did which caused a giant rabbit hole of insanity. Um is I added finally the amount of players. And usually I put players like one to two simultaneously, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But to mirror the back of a Switch box, I added the TV on um, like docked mode. I added handheld. I added um, tabletop mode. And then mm-hmm. online. So to me, online is going to be your... You can play it online, not just like download extra content online or something. Mm-hmm. So, nice. So yeah, so I'm I'm mirroring the back of the box. However, 
where the rabbit hole goes deep. <laughs> oh my god, I was telling you a few, and you're like, "Wait, what? Like this, this happened? Like, um, so some games have had updates since the box was released, since the game was released. So the actual details of what's available on a game doesn't match the back of the box." So let me use an example of this. Um, let's say Lego Worlds. Lego Worlds um, does not say that it's online compatible on the back of the box. However, mm-hmm. they release DLC that allows you now to play online cooperatively with other players around the world. Um, same thing with RBI Baseball 2017. They added online functionality later to it. And the game is substandard because it's a very bare bones baseball game, but they added mm-hmm. playability to it. Um, what was the major one that I sent you that we were both like, "What the oh, heck?" You you looked online, and you saw Zelda. Had no, that was a fake one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a fake one. Like, so there was a misprint on Nintendo Nintendo UK, I think it is, or no, it's Nintendo.com. States mm. that the Legend of Zelda is um breath of the wild is two player cooperatively mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not that was just one to two players but there's one game that was like updated and i i'm trying to look to see what the what the game was but it added like multiple players later and it's it's one of those games where it's like what the heck why like why did you you added it to the to the game which is is super cool it doesn't match the back of the box Mm -hmm. at all and it's it's super cool that they did it i think what's it oh it was cave story oh okay so the back of the box claims that there's only one player in cave story but nicolas released free dlc for players to unlock um local cooperative play for the game they unlocked mm. local cooperative play in Cave Story, which is, the Switch is the only version of the game to offer that. Um, the first player is always the main protagonist of the game, but the second player gets to choose different characters from within the game. So it's super cool that that one, like, because on the back of the case it says one one one, um, and it's actually one to two. And the other thing that was interesting is they use the Joy Cons in a unique way, where you can mix and match your Joy Cons in handheld mode yeah so you can have it in handheld hmm. mode where somebody can connect a random joy con to it as well oh nice so, yeah it's, it's super interesting and so that's the stuff where the rabbit hole has went deeper now <laughs> mm-hmm. um the other thing is we have to do a live stream soon because i want to go over those and make sure i'm not putting like yes this game has online and in reality it just has online dlc because like, for example, Splunker says yes to online. Puyo Puyo mm-hmm. Tetris says yes to online. Um, I know Splunker, that's a major a major feature of it, so I know that one has it. But you have to have a Japanese account, obviously. Right. So there's interesting aspects. And I've heard that Nintendo is removing those account restrictions on certain games, too. Oh. Like, or the third-party developers are that are doing it. And they're removing the... the um, I think it was Dragon Quest, one of the Dragon Quest games. Maybe Dragon Quest Ten. They removed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like like it, Dragon Quest, the online only game. Yep. 
And I think they just removed the requirement to have a Japanese account. I think you can use it with your English account now. There was there was a, a thing I, re- I read online. Like, hmm. I'm telling you, the rabbit hole is going deep, JP. It's going <laughs> super, super deep. And I mean, I have I have all three physical boxes with codes for <laughs> the Dragon Quest X, but I don't understand Japanese, so I'm probably not going to be playing it. Until we do it for the Switch Mania Playcast. Oh, there you go. You can't do yeah. an online RPG that takes hundreds of hours when we, <laughs> when we can only put in like six hours a week max. Like, that'd be ridiculous. That's um, true. So, that being said, we did talk about when we're going to launch um, the campaign for the Switch Collector. And we're going to shoot for the week before the Switch Lite comes out. So that way. People are already looking up, talking about the Switch even more than they are now. It'll be get prepping for the Switch Lite release. It's like, all right, well, here are all the awesome physical games you can get during the first year of the release, plus all the awesome games that need to get a physical release um, or awesome to play. Um, and I'm going to also offer up, like, backers are going to get an opportunity to vote for digital-only games they want to see go into the book from that purview so first year here i'll have like here's a list of all the digital only games that we're covering what games would you like to see added and as long as they're digital only we will add Mm -hmm. them and i'll write about them and i think that's a great idea see i just picture people get this book maybe in time for the holiday season black friday they go to their local video game store that sells used games and they just have this book open going like i remember reading about this one they don't have to look online. They can read our great reviews. They can learn if there's any collector tidbits. And that's how I, I picture this book. Also taking it to cons, right? As the Switch goes further and further along, I mean, look how many games we have already just in like in year three that have released, not even total of the lifespan. But I can just picture this book just being such a helpful guide, especially for collectors at conventions or just out in the wild. And I'm excited for that. And I definitely have seen people utilizing some of my previous books, like the NES Oddities and the Homebrew Revolution. Like, my book, that book is the only NES homebrew source out there. You can't even go on websites and find a cumulative source of information like I gathered with all the NES homebrew games. Mm-hmm. And then I got all the Famicom games that don't require Japanese to enjoy in there, too. And I saw, like, a couple of my... My uh, readers, they came by like at, at a convention, like it was in um, California, and she like brought over and she showed me, and it was like all tabbed out with all the different games she needed to get, and it was mm-hmm. super cool the way that she categorized so she could quickly flip when she was at conventions. And that book is five pounds, mind you, it's a heavier <laughs> book. Like, oh, I oh I know. <laughs> this one is gonna be. Um, I mean, we're twenty pounds. We're, we're getting at three hundred, like close to three. Is it 300 or 200 right now? Yeah, we're getting close to 300 pages. So, like, it's still going to be a decent size, but we're trying not to go super thick because if we go super huge, then it's not manageable in the future when we get a lot more releases or it covers a smaller period of time. Um, Because I'm thinking, the more I'm thinking about it, man, we're going to get behind, right? We're going to get behind if we only do... (laughs) <laughs> like 300 pages at a time. So my thought is, is that so we're covering with this campaign, we're co- we're covering year one, the first full year of the switch, which goes all the way um, from was it March to March? Yep, March third so, to March third. 
so we're doing that. So I think that the the next volume, not volume, but the next campaign would cover the next year. But it might be two books in that campaign. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, which is fine. And yeah, cause absolutely. I can't have. I, I've learned because my definitive complete SNES is 630 pages, and it was too big. Like shipping was a nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. Production was was tough because there was a lot of stuff that went wrong because it was too large. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just not a normal like it's just too big. Um, so 500 pages is like my mental cutoff. Like I gotta stop at 500 pages on on my books. Um, now you have to promise me that when we do the pocket size, it's gonna be just like a switch size case. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I right. can do that. It may be like thirty volumes for year one, but we can do it. Well, the question is, is that do you have any of my pocket guides? How big is that compared to a switch case? That's, that's a, a, yeah, it's a little bigger, slightly. So, just saying, <laughs> you can do that because that's a standard size that I do, and I already have all the formatting. So, right, okay, all right. Well, we can look at that when we get to it. I mean, well, because the thing is, is that if people want it. Um, that would be an easy, easy way to do a, another version of the, the Switch collector. Um, I like that idea of doing a pocket size too, but having the big arc oh, yeah. is, is oh, going to yeah. And I mean, you got to realize, like, even a single page game, like I'm looking at Siberia 2 now, because that's the next game I'm doing for the players, and it has the box art as well as two screenshots mm-hmm. for a single page review. And it has all the information, and you get multiple paragraphs. Unlike where my Switch or my Super Nintendo collect the complete SNES, complete NES had a paragraph on each game, like concisely mm-hmm. written. I get to actually get do a little bit of writing now, which is nice. It's <laughs> a little bit more, uh, and I can cover a little bit more of the games, which is which is good. Nice. Um, and I've been writing all these too. That's the other thing. So. Um, those that are going to be contributing will contribute their stories, and I've been doing contributor sections in the in the last books, and it's it's went well. The one in the Virtual Boy book turned out awesome. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some really cool stuff in there. Nice. But, but yeah, the switch the switch collector's coming along, and now that I actually have a mental date, I'm like, all right, so we got like two months. <laughs> so over time to buckle down. And and that being said, those that are listening will get first um, heads up on when we create a prototype Kickstarter campaign page. Oh, um, awesome! Which I already started on it, um, like uh, just with the text parts because it takes me a long time because I put a lot of thought and effort into everything in in the campaign. Um, mm-hmm. But what we'll do is we'll create the link early for everybody, so those that are listening, those that are following us. We'll get Absolutely. a heads up, and you can actually go and click a bell or a star and follow the campaign. So when it goes live, it gives you an alert. Because there's going to be limited items on this on this campaign. There's going to be stuff where there's only a few that we can make because it's not easy to make it. Not because it's limited for rarity's sake. It's a it's a pain in the butt to make it. So there's only going to be ten available, or you know, a certain amount available. Um, and then I'm going to have some paintings, too, and things. That are, there's going to be one, one-of-a-kind items. So the people that are interested in certain stuff, they're going to have to follow, and so that way they can, they can get them. Um, and then some stuff that I do, when I do a limited edition, I um, round it based on who buys it. So, mm-hmm. so for example, uh, the 
w- the wooden case for the complete virtual boy um it's limited edition of of the vir- the complete virtual boy that is limited to only 20 copies because i had i think it was 18 people back it and so then i'm going to i bought i'm going to have one and buy one for myself and then i'll have one extra or maybe two extra and i will post them if I only had 17, and I will post those online in the forums, or just put it on my my bookstore as an as a variant, and then when it sells out, it sells out. I, mm. I, I quietly release stuff sometimes in there. Um, the hidden gaming gems uh, limited wooden box one sold out now. It, it wasn't before. It is now. Oh wow! <laughs> like stuff sells out randomly. <laughs> I mean, it'll be super fun. That's gonna be the same thing with the Switch collector. We're gonna have some items. Um, some stuff's only going to be available to the campaign and not available for pre-order after, too. So, like, that'll be another thing, like, the um, when we do, like, the arcades and stuff, like, that'll be campaign-exclusive stuff. Oh, wow. And then after, it'll be like, all right, so, yeah, it's maybe if we You know, I'm part, of the, I, I'm part of this book, and I'm still going to have to back at the highest tier just to get all these good things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the thing is is that, like, I also back and pay for my own stuff that I collect for my own campaigns because it's it costs money to make stuff. And I mean, some of it too is like I'm literally manually customizing things, like Mm -hmm. the Virtual Boy box. I'm I'm uh, hand staining it red, but like with stain, like I'll be in my garage like working on it like for hours. Nice. Yeah, so I'll be doing that and then hand outlining with you know with um paint i'll be uh, doing all the logos and everything so like there's nice. yeah there's there's a custom i like doing that kind of stuff um i have fun with it um mm-hmm. so there's probably going to be a, a a tier like that um we're not going to have a, sh- a lot of tiers though we can't have too many we gotta, right. gotta gotta scale it back a little um but that's the thing though is i'm, I'm going to be doing a slipcase, like an actual book slipcase. And then there'll be a, a wooden box limited edition, and like it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty complicated thing. Now, did you tell them that for you know a thousand dollars they get to take me home for a week, and I'll tell them everything they ever want to know about the switch? I don't know. That sounds like child kidnapping to me. Oh, that's true. All right, we're, we're <laughs> gonna we'll we'll revise uh, my suggestions a little bit then. Maybe they'll get a phone call from me, and they'll just tell them stop buying so many games. <laughs> JP lectures you on his own sicknesses. <laughs> you get to join JP for an intervention. There we go. <laughs> to stop collecting. <laughs> X amount of dollars, you can come here, intervene, and take home a game. <laughs> <laughs> take home a game if your intervention is successful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's not successful, JP gets to uh, tell you to pound sand. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hilarious, but yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd say it's a good time to wrap things up. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would, so I would like to let people know because I am a collector, and I'm sure many who are listening are as well. That the week is not over. You know, you're oh. listening to this Wednesday night, Thursday morning, but tomorrow pre-orders open for a whole new world from First Press Games. Yeah, there'll be a regular edition with the exclusive slipcover that's not available in the collector edition, which they're offering as well. There'll be exclusive coins if you're into that as well. 
Uh, all the information, you can go to their website, firstpressgames.com. You can actually go to JP Switch Mania, where I just updated the weekly release post that I put out each week. So it has all the information about this upcoming release. It has links, prices, pictures, and detailed description as to what is in each uh, edition. It tells you how many are available. There's not going to be that many. No, and also the, the start time. So the start time is, uh, is going to be two batches. The first is going to be 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, tomorrow on Thursday. The second batch will be 6 a.m. Eastern time. So you just have to kind of convert from whatever time zone you're in. But that's still not all because on Friday is double switch day at Limited yeah, Run Games. Yeah, it is. We're getting double switch and... Double switch and Rogue Legacy. Rogue and Legacy. what's really cool is Rogue Legacy is just a regular edition. Double switch is the regular and the collector edition. But because they're releasing two games on one day, if you're just into the regular editions, you can actually buy both as a bundle and save $5. So. Nice. There's a lot of options um, so, and a lot. So of you mentioned still- your website, and I actually have a pretty good on-air suggestion. Yes. Um, I think it would be awesome if you added a classic website banner on the top, um, and then you put a quick link, like you put sections, but you put a quick link to your newest releases. Because I have to like scroll through your your feed to find the newest releases post, and because you have tons of content, you got you all underestimate how many reviews go up on JP Switch Mania. There's a lot of stuff on yeah, there. Yeah, we're starting to near and, 400 reviews. So I so I it's tough yeah. to to sort through. Even like a search is like tough yeah. on the phone. Whereas like if you have like a here's the newest releases, um, like the the things that you do every week. Like if you posted that at the top, like in a and it would be like a manual coding or something on on the site, um, but like if you if you threw that on there, I mean, people would be able to easily see like yeah. the newest, latest, and greatest right when you go to the main website. Um, I'm actually in the process of on Hagen's Alley of updating because right now it still says VGBS gaming podcast saw some older stuff and i'm probably going to put like my books and about my books in one column put switch mania playcast in one column and Mm -hmm. then and then do um maybe like older old content or like some of the shows and stuff that i've done in the past i agree agree with you when i picked the wix website it's because it was the easiest one for someone who knew nothing about building websites i realize now nearing 400 reviews and all these weekly release posts I probably should have done a, I think, a more professional-looking site. Um, but to answer your I question... Use, so I use WordPress. Um, yeah, I think and, a lot of people do. And I'm still... I don't have the um, one where I can add, like, fancy stuff. Like, I kept it mm-hmm. as a simple blog. Um, that's why when you go to my um, bookstore, it goes to Shopify. Shopify is professional and safe. That's why I'm using Shopify. But mm-hmm. um, but that's why it's not, like, integrated into my website. It's, a, it's its own site because eh, I just, I'm just keeping it simple. Right. as well but i do like being able to do the the top banners if you somehow throw that on the top yeah I'm, I'm trying to learn for the time being if you are looking for the weekly release post um at the very top of the page it says all posts uh-huh. and then it has upcoming physical releases game reviews and more with a drop down and that's and the more has like a whole bunch of other stuff so if you want uh-huh. region exclusive games if you want to know all the limited publishers podcasts um you have to click the drop down but that upcoming physical releases is the one right now that'll uh, take you to the page that has every single weekly release. And I've done it since Jan- the week of January 11th. I haven't missed one week yet. So I started it this year and I just, I love doing it every week. I love knowing what's coming out. I love letting people know. Um, and I've, 
I find it to be a very helpful guide for collectors, especially if you're going to start jumping back a little bit and you want to know when things came out um, or what came out. In, you can look there. Of course, once you get the Switch Collector book, that's the only source you're going to need. But until then, you can still go to my website. Well, that would be awesome, awesome resources. And so, like, yeah. to put things in, in the perspective, like, on, my, on mine, like, I have my latest book like in the top right corner and then i got my bookstore and then i got facebook so they can follow me on facebook Mm -hmm. um upcoming events which links to my calendar so it shows i'm going to classic game fest game on expo retro world expo um top articles that i've had which is always the top 22 nes homebrew games i I have no idea it's always the top there's so many people that go on my site every day on that one that's awesome it's, it's crazy and then going down further though it has my instagram like my top three instagram or latest three instagrams and mm-hmm. then affiliates so i got like game straight one i need to add jp switch mania on there um to go on there i have the sweet rot which joe simcoe did a cover like like so and then i got my top retro gaming blogs i've gotten a couple awards for my blog over the mm-hmm. years so I'm, I'm still top retro gaming blogs um, awesome so like mine like post my main stuff when i post a new episode and or a new blog post it posts mm-hmm. just like yours but then at the top i have my drop down so i got my bookstore i got um homebrew indie reviews uh, mm-hmm. shows and articles uh so i think i'm gonna it's it's time for an overhaul of the actual columns i think i think i'm gonna yeah. add switch mania playcast to one um and then like a few different ones like shows and articles vgbs will go in there i think mm-hmm. i think it'll be cool. i would I would like to get a web designer on the team at some point because I do. I feel like there's so much information that I want to make sure people know about, and even the reviews. It's like I would love the homepage to be not just every single post, and then you kind of have to scroll like forever. Um, so that's something that I am starting to look into. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I definitely want to have a more professional looking page that's easier to click on things and find things that you're looking for. So it, it's hopefully coming. Yeah, so that would be my one on air recommendation. I got off air ones too. So Oh boy. Oh yeah. Not nothing bad. Nothing bad. <laughs> nothing bad. So you know your name, JP Switchmania? Get rid of it. <laughs> no. No. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. I like it. JP Switchmania, I like. Thank you. He's <laughs> Switchmania. I know. We're gonna work on things. Double S. OSS over here. <laughs> <laughs> all crazy um well let's let's finally wrap it up um all right let's do it so, so we are talked about our websites jp switchmanhagensalley.com um yes. definitely 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 make sure that you follow jp on the twitter because twitter. once you. he's trying to get over 10k he's getting close oh we're getting there yeah perfect segue right i mean if you like the nintendo switch if you want to know about actually somebody mentioned it today and it i think it it reflects my site very well they lived a happier life before they found my twitter page and then when they found it and they started following it was like waking up from the matrix they took the pill and they know things now that they never knew before and probably never wanted to know about limited releases and physical uh variants and just random nintendo switch information so if you like and we will talk collecting next week because like i've changed my whole way that i collect for the switch and that's a good thing to talk about next. oh good perfect due to your due to your damn postings jp see i mean it's true i mean 
even if you just want to know what's coming out and you just want to have a fun time with the Switch community, give me a follow on Twitter. It's JP Switch Mania. Type it in. It'll pop up. And Jeffrey's right. I'm nearing that crazy 10K, which I never thought would happen. It's but his personal goal. And it, I mean, it might, you know, you also might be able to win one of the multiple freaking Switch yes. consoles that he has always given away with contests. And an option in there is to, you know, subscribe to Switch Mania Playcast, which is always great. Yeah, because, you know, it's great reading what I write, but don't you want to hear our voices and see the passion that we have? Because it's true. I mean, Jeffrey and I, this is a passion. I mean, we don't we we have full time jobs. We have part time jobs with with our with our video game hobby. And we do the podcast because we love it so much. We love the switch. We love talking about it back and forth and playing games. Um, But Jeffrey's right. If you want to win a switch, pretty much I'm going to say this now for the next well, for the rest of the year, the goal is to give away one Switch a week with a game. Always a game. And it's not just retail games. It's limited games that aren't available anymore. So if you Sounds go to crazy. It, it's crazy. I mean, we just gave away. We just did the um, the two-for-one giveaway where you tagged a friend and you and your friend could win. And, you know, I'm tracking the shipments now. The first winner got it today. The second one should be getting it tomorrow. And we gave them each a copy of super mario maker 2 with the 12 month online membership because it was it was the play together giveaway so what better game to share with your friends than super mario maker and this week we're giving away a switch with strictly limited games the very first release it's fox and forest and it's the collector's edition it's not available anywhere so you know i don't want to put prices on on that scalpers do but it's going for about 200 dollars on ebay i mean it sold out quickly. It's a fun and, game. And Jeffrey and I, I have played to it. Say though, is we definitely covered on Switch Mania, but I want to say that like JP's not made out of money. This is all due to the generosity of yes. gamers and yes. developers and publishers. Like for real, like the Switch community is connected. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's true. I mean, I buy a lot of games, but believe me when I say I'm not printing the money. So. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I partner with so many amazing people. So for this giveaway, it's Destiny FOMO. So give her a follow. Absolutely. It's yeah. Destiny FOMO. You'll also see it. If you go to my pinned tweet on Twitter, you're going to see that contest. That's the first thing that's going to pop up. There's a link to enter, and it's super simple. You follow me. You follow this playcast, and then you start learning even more about the Switch, and you get even more excited. You go but, down the tumbleseed rabbit hole. Exactly. And you know what? We have more contests planned with other developers and publishers uh, in the coming weeks. So I can't share those details yet, but they're in the works, and there's going to be some really great giveaways. So it's fun to give away a Switch, but I think it's even more fun to give the games away because the games that we're going to be giving away – you can't buy anymore unless you pay ridiculous prices because they are long out of print. Even in the short Switch lifespan, these games are already out of print. So I'm I'm so excited to get them into hands of gamers, um, especially if it's going to be their first game that they've ever played. Because what better way to start your collection than with a crazy collector edition, a limited edition game? So give me a follow there. If you like collector editions and you don't want to open them or you want to see what's in them, Follow me on YouTube because that's what the channel is primarily for. It's unboxing Nintendo Switch Collector Editions. So there's going to be so many more coming in the coming weeks. I have my stack in front of me of what I'm going to be filming soon. So I can't wait to share that. 
And then if you just want to see pretty pictures of the Switch collection and my new g- original Game Boy uh, journey for a full CIB US set, that's on Instagram. So JP Switch Mania on there as well. Um, and of course, you're listening to the Playcast. So if you haven't already, please click subscribe. Give us the five-star rating. Give us feedback. Talk to us. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what you want to see. You know, this show is for you. So we want to make sure we're covering content that you want to hear. Um, but we're everywhere. We're everywhere, and I think we need to work on something when it comes to the Switch Collector Book campaign, too, doing some awesome craziness. Oh, believe me when I say... You got plans, huh? Oh, I mean, we are we are going to be giving away a Switch. That's a no-brainer. And you know what? Maybe we'll even uh, maybe we'll throw in a book. Maybe we'll let the winner pick the game that they want, because I have, I have a box of donated games uh, that you can choose from, and, I, and trust me when I say... There's a game from a genre for you. So as we get closer to the launch and even during the launch, expect amazing giveaways. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so get excited. Get excited. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week.